0: This morning, we have an incredible speaker lined up for you. F.A. is part of our leadership team here at Skylark Church. He's also Head of Discipleship. But beyond any title that F.A. holds, he's a man who loves Jesus. We have watched F.A. consistently follow Jesus in the big things and in the small things. We've watched him bring value to others and extend love to those around him. And I feel confident that the message FA shares with us this morning will equip each of us to live our faith out more wholeheartedly throughout the coming week. FA, you are a gift to this church, you are a gift to the kingdom and we're thankful for you. Good morning Skylark Church, how are you doing? It's great to be with you this morning. Over the last couple of weeks and months, there's been a recurring question that I've been asked when in conversation about, you know, this whole lockdown period and quarantine. And the question is, FA, what have you learned? Like, what are you gonna take into the next normal from this time? And for me, undoubtedly, it's been that the little things go a really long way. It's the little things that go a really, really long way. At the beginning of the year, there were some amazing stories about how communities clubbed together to do great things for their neighbours and stuff like, you know, going to the store for those who couldn't make it out or picking up prescriptions or walking other people's dogs. It was the small things that made such a big impact in people's lives. And for me over this lockdown period, especially when the kids were at home at school, I have come to realize that just a little bit of time and my children go a long way. Just that question to my eldest son as like, what is that, you know Pokemon or whatever? and just giving him the space for, for me to enter into his world. The same with my daughter asking her about you know the, the next TikTok dance or the name of one poopsie or something, whatever that would be just to get a window into their world. And that little thing would go such a long way. I have definitely, definitely uh, been, it's been underlined that just a few moments with my wife just go so, so far. In and amongst the planning and the moving and the trying to get things done and managing the finances and praying and managing three children and literally crashing on the sofa, being able just to take some time to turn the TV off and to look at each other and say hey how are you doing how is things going how are we doing how healthy is our relationship that has gone such a long way in investing into our relationship and into our marriage the little things go such a long way and I think Jesus knew that I think you know as we look at this season of sharing him I think Jesus knew that the little things can have significant impact. I mean, he said that, you know, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, something so tiny, it can look even insignificant. It can have an amazing impact, it can move a mountain. And Jesus himself, the alpha and the male girl, the savior of the world comes wrapped in the form of a little baby born to a seemingly insignificant teenager in the back end of anywhere, in the in a barn. And he turns the whole world upside down. And what he does is ever, of everlasting and eternal value. It's the small things that can make a really, really big impact. And as we look at Jesus share him, we're going to take a look at a passage where Jesus takes something really insignificant or something that looks really small and does something miraculous with that. And it's a story that's found across all the four Gospels. So one that many people would know. It's found, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 14, 13. It's where Jesus feeds the 5,000. So I read, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, He had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. Then he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children, you see I really love this story, it's one of my favourite stories because it actually makes me laugh, it reminds me of uh, when I was growing up, in a, you know, I grew up in a household of six, I'm the eldest of four children and when financial difficulty came or when it kind of got really tough, my mum and dad knew how to make food stretch. They would cook one pot of chicken stew or beef stew with some rice, and we were eating that for like three days straight. We'd come home from, from school, we wouldn't even ask, that was for dinner. We'd look in the pot, there's still stew in there, we kept it moving. But Jesus took this food stretching to a whole new level. Seeing Jesus's, in the, in the account of Matthew, you know, it happens after Jesus hears some really bad news and when we read a little bit uh, beforehand we hear that his cousin john the baptist had been beheaded and jesus heard this news so he's going through all of these emotions you can imagine what he's been going through like mentally and emotionally hearing that his cousin the one who baptized him was now dead and he's trying to find a place to escape A private place of solitude, trying to maybe spend time with the Father so he could just make sense of it all. But he gets bombarded by all of these people. And, you know, how do you start to share Jesus in the middle of your own mess? How do you share Jesus in the middle of a global pandemic? if you're facing redundancy or whether you are on furlough and you don't know what's gonna happen after October, when you see cases of coronavirus increasing, you see the, the fires in America and all this stuff breaking out across the social media or in the news. How do you start to share Jesus in the middle of all of that when all you want to do is to retreat and find a place of privacy and solitude? you just want to withdraw Well, I think that Jesus gives us a model here and it starts with compassion he said Jesus he saw them and he had compassion for them and compassion made him put aside the things that he was doing and empathize with someone else's pain you know people don't care what you know until they know that you care and sometimes we can make sharing jesus like a competition of winning souls and we can be so uh, we can be really careful if we don't miss the vital component of compassion compassion is what makes us do something makes us share jesus when we meet, when we meet people exactly where they're at you see compassion isn't convenient See, Jesus was on his way to find a place of solitude, but he was interrupted and he allowed that interruption to come. And because he did, 5000 people's lives were changed from that day. I remember when we'd get ready for evangelism and we go for training and we would kind of get ourselves prepped you know we would like memorize our Bible verses we'd have the script in our head we get our tracks in our pockets and we were ready to go and I would pray maybe on a regular basis on a daily basis I say God would you help me find opportunities to share the good news with someone to share the gospel with someone to share love your love with someone but I really ever prayed for those opportunities to find me you see when i find something it's always on my terms something i am going to bring a bit of a nod to last week's message that matt brought about playground versus playroom sharing it was always on my terms but how many times did i allow pete god to interrupt my agenda so i can share people share him with other people it starts with compassion and compassion isn't convenient And compassion is costly. I just am taken aback by this little boy who, in the midst of all those 5,000 people, plucks up the courage and say, hey, look, I've got a little packed lunch. What could you do with this? But maybe he knew that a little in the hands of Jesus could go a long way. He didn't hold anything back. He said, this is all that I have. Even if it is small, I give it to you. And I know you could do something extraordinary with it. I wonder what the church would look like. I wonder what our lives would look like if we gave even just the little we had, we gave it to Jesus. We gave it to the one who we knew could do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever think or imagine. Compassion is costly. Compassion isn't convenient. But it starts with compassion. We have to get to a place where we actually really care. So as I mentioned this story is in all four of the Gospels and John writes a really neat account and I like what he says here because it brings a new a different perspective. He says in John chapter 6 verse 2 said a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. A great crowd of people followed because they saw they saw and then they followed. You see, Jesus didn't just go around telling people about the kingdom, he showed the kingdom in action because to show Jesus is to share him. You see, in the beginning of John's gospel, he says, the word, which is Jesus, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And for us now, Jesus lives in us and he is made flesh through us, the physical body. He, By what we do, by what we say, by how we interact with the world, Jesus is made flesh by you and by me. He's made tangible. We can bring the kingdom of God anywhere we go to because we have the spirit of God living in us. We can show people what the kingdom of God looks like because to show Jesus is to share him. Did you know you could be sharing Jesus by the way you interact with your work colleagues or how you love your family or your community or how you interact with the cashier at the shop or even how you stand up for something that you know is wrong in the midst of banter even if you think you're going to be looked at a little bit weirdly but standing up for that thing is showing jesus to those around him and to show him is to share him I remember um, working for uh, the American company that I did a few years back and I would go to America maybe four times a year and there was this amazing guy called Don and we started a cool friendship and we were out at a bar after work one night and we were just talking and we started talking about family and faith and I started to share that, you know, what I did at church and how uh, I love Jesus and he looked at me and he said to me, F.A., You know, I knew that about you without knowing that about you. And it was one of those moments I was like, oh, that felt nice. Thank God for a little pat on the back. But then, you know, also had a bit of a Holy Spirit check. Like, look, dude, you only see him four times a year. You're always in your best behavior. But it's interesting, isn't it? That we can, we have the opportunity to demonstrate Jesus just by the way we live out our lives. I think that is really, really cool. But you see, some of the biggest challenges I hear from some of my friends who aren't Christians is that I hear them say, well, you Christians or FA, I hear what I see, they're they're not congruent. They don't line up. You want to tell people about Jesus, but you don't really want to show him in action. What you say and what you do don't mix. They're not congruent. You say Jesus loves everyone, but just not that person who looks like that or behaves like that or wears that thing or does that thing. You say you love Jesus, but you're happy to sit with frustration and division and prejudice in your own heart. You say for God loves the world, but you've made the church an exclusive members only club. You say God is a God of justice, but you won't stand up publicly and stand and fight against the biggest injustices we face within society. Because to show him is to share him. And maybe it's easier for us to share him by our word than it is by our works and by what we do. I've got a really great friend. I've known him for like nearly fifteen years. him and his family are amazing friends to us and he uh, I' I'm, I'm caught with caught up with him. I bumped into him, him actually at uh, the beginning part of this year and he was looking really really frail and Yaz and I went over to him and his family and said, hey, what's what's going on? And he told us that he had just gone through, um, come through kidney cancer. And he at the at that time he was really, really frail and Yaz and I went away and we just started to pray and we spoke to our life group. And uh, we just thought, look, he's someone who we really, really want to show the love of God to. So we got a rotor together, we put some food, we just dropped some food and some some nice goodies for them just to show them that they were loved and that they were cared for. And, you know, the last 14 or so years, uh, he would bring his atheist views and I would bring Christianity would go back and forth, uh, always loving, always in a great way. And he would always stand up and say, you know, you know this is what I believe. Recently, and we went for a walk, the two of us We went uh, walking in the woods and we were talking about who Jesus could be if we took away the connotations of Christianity, the connotations of what he thought things were meant to be look like. And I don't know where his heart is at, but we started a great conversation. And it's just showing the love of God and meeting people where they are at. You see, Francis of Assisi once said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. I think what he was trying to say basically is to show him, is to share him. See, John's version of this story is slightly unique in as much as he picks up the discussion the day after. So we get, you know, the fiend of the 5,000 and we kind of get what happens with Jesus. He kind of escapes from that moment because the crowd want to make him king by force. He's obviously still got all this stuff going on. He's healed all their sick. You can imagine he's exhausted by doing all this stuff. So he escapes and retreats to the mountainside. And then he stays there till evening and he needs to go across the sea uh, to this next destination. But his boat goes out and he can't catch up the boat. So he starts walking on water. They see the disciples and the disciples see him walking on water. And he's like, hey, it's me. They freak out. But then they let him into the boat because they find out it's Jesus. It's not a ghost. He's OK. He gets in and they cross over to the other side. And we pick up the story on the next day when The crowds are still trying to find Jesus. And this, we pick that up in uh, John chapter six, verse 26. And it says this, Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the son of man, am ready to give you what matters most, for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. They replied, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. They replied, show us a miracle so we can see it and then we'll believe in you. Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform for us? The truth is, Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. It's my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life, to feed the world. Then please, sir, give us this bread every day, they replied. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. So all of this is taking place at a really important time in the Jewish calendar. It's around the time where they celebrate Passover and that's where they remember how God delivered them out of slavery from the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt and brought them to the promised land. And as part of Passover, they would celebrate something called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So this is bread that's, that God asked them to make with no yeast. And that's because he, they wanted to have enough food. So when God said, okay, go, they picked up their stuff and, and went. They didn't have enough time for the yeast to rise in the bread. So God's like, look, when, we got, when I say go, we've got to go. So they make this unleavened bread with no yeast interestingly though the yeast has also been a a representation of sin of the negative things that can come into one's life and cause damage just a little bit of yeast can spoil the whole bread can spoil the whole thing so he makes a a reference or symbolic thing that yeast is, is represents sin so we know we have an insight into this that this particular passover would be jesus's last And we see it and when we read of it, we know it as the Last Supper. And this is where Jesus takes bread. He gives thanks. He breaks it and he distributes it round. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? He says, this is my body. So what Jesus was saying in that moment and in that act was like like he, the bread with, with no yeast, was the sinless one. The one without sin who was going to break the curse of sin and death over our lives and free us from the captivity of sin so that we can share in the relationship with him and his father. So check this out. So he breaks bread over, breaks loaves and distributes it. With two over 5,000 people he declares that he is the bread of life and that when we come to him that's when we can truly be satisfied and then he breaks bread again as a symbol that through his death and resurrection that we have the ability to be free and live a life of freedom and relationship with him and then it kind of dawned on me that the sharing comes in the breaking that the sharing comes in the breaking. I found that the most impactful times of sharing Jesus is when I can be my most vulnerable, when I can be my most broken and share a bit of that brokenness with other people so that they can see how God has been active and at work even in the midst of my darkest moments. See, life isn't always sunshine, unicorn and rainbows sometimes we really go through some stuff and we can share that and Jesus can use that to show people who he really is when he when we demonstrate his work in and through our life you know i get the privilege of Um, as the as leading discipleship of seeing and hearing these baptism stories and a lot of these stories are people sharing moments of deep brokenness but as we the audience hear their testimony we see where God's hand had been on them you see we were taught to always say that you know do come to Jesus and your life is going to be great and everything is going to be perfect but actually sometimes it's in the breaking that people truly get to see Jesus at work in people's lives Is when we, in the midst of our trials, can find a story of testimony. And in the midst of our deepest, darkest pain, we we can find a song of praise. You see, it's in those moments that Jesus uses our life, our story, to come alive in other people's lives. If we share just a little bit of our brokenness, the little bit of brokenness can go a really long way. If it's in the hands of Jesus be willing to be open open our hearts and be willing to be vulnerable because a little bit of brokenness in the hands of Jesus can go a really really long way so as I close sharing Jesus starts with compassion pushing past our own issues and being able to empathize and reach out to all others in need and showing people that we really care showing Jesus is sharing him so to show him is to share him and demonstrating his love by the way that we act and the things that we do and sharing comes in the breaking that's being open with our pain and our struggles and inviting God to use our story to share his love of mercy and grace to those around him so this week when you get into your life group, or your three and your 12, I want us to be maybe talking about that this week. You know, maybe we can talk about how we can be more compassionate this week. We've all got lots of things going on. It's a crazy time in the world. But how can we find a place of compassion? What does that look like? Or what could that look like for us this week? Or how do we show or demonstrate Jesus Uh, in our daily lives what do we do that emulates his goodness that his love his mercy his grace how do I demonstrate and embody Jesus and how do I show Jesus to the world how do I share Jesus by what I show the world and finally how can being more open about our brokenness share Jesus love with other uh, with others how can being a little bit more open about some of the things that we struggle with and we go through How, by inviting Jesus into that discussion, can that be a platform for him to share his love and goodness with others? Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God of love, mercy and grace. That you are compassionate towards us, that your love for us is everlasting and relentless and father god we say today as your people that we pray that you would uh, infuse us with your compassion for others lord i pray god that you would but em- we would embody your goodness your mercy your love and we would demonstrate to the world the kingdom lord we know because this is how the world will know that we are your disciple by how we love one another lord let that be our portion this week and god even in the midst of our darkest times even in the midst of our pain. And there are so many people that are going through pain at this moment. So many people are suffering loss. So many people experience difficulty. God, may we be open to using what we are going through, even right now, to bring glory to you. Even in the conversations that we have, may you use our story. May you use our brokenness to show your beauty to the world. God, I, I'm here and I'm asking and I'm praying for anyone who is like that crowd today who is looking for that, that, that first or that hunger to be quenched, the hunger that only comes from knowing you. Lord, I pray for them today that they would come to know you, Lord, that they would have a revelation of who you are, that you are a God that always satisfies. You never let us down. God, I thank you for this wonderful time together. And I pray that you bless us and you keep us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, guys. I'll be seeing you soon. Take care.